Good evening, church. I'm going to start this by telling a little story how I got uh, the idea for this message that we're going to share. I was in the Cars grocery store in the produce department, and there were two little girls. They looked like twins to me. I don't know that they were, but they had the same mother it looked like, and they were arguing. And the mother looked at them. She didn't twist their ears, but she got their attention. And once she got their attention, what she said is, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all. And I can remember hearing that from my mother when I was probably about the same age. What gave me the thought was, is sometimes we have to watch what we say. And we're going to be talking about encouraging one another tonight. Would you bow with me as we pray? Lord, we thank you for giving us this Lord's Day that we can come and gather today as, together as Christians, Lord, and know that we can do it safely, know that we have the rights to do that. Lord, we thank you so much for the beautiful country that you give us here. We thank you for this congregation and the people that we have and the friends that we have, Lord. They mean so much to us. We love you so much, and we want you to know that our hearts and our love is for you. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us as we study these words from your word and that you'll guide us and direct us in what we do. And this ongoing study that we pray that you'll think about how we encourage one another. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, no one really likes to get someone talking to them in such a way that it's not encouraging. Everyone likes encouraging words to say. There's songs about it. There's, there's, uh, there's all kinds of things that we do in life, and we get a big help when we get the right kind of conversations with folks. Who doesn't appreciate a kind word? There's no one in this room that wouldn't appreciate a kind word. And something that's timely, something that is spoken in, in earnest, especially when you're you're down or you're having some issues in your life, things that you need. Encouragement is so valuable. The proverb speaks about it several different ways. Anxiety, a man's heart weighs him down, but he could good words make him glad. Proverbs twelve twenty four. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and to the health to the body. A word spoken fittingly is like apples of gold in a set of silvers. Proverbs twenty five eleven. You know, those are Proverbs is one of my favorite books because it does give us a lot of those things that we need to do. And the direction is something that we can understand. And if you look at the commentary on Proverbs, there's not a lot of discussion about it. It's pretty self explanatory, pretty much written in a word that we can understand. In the early days of the church, as it was trying to be established in Jerusalem, there was a man who was an encouragement. We all know his name, and that he never went by the name that he was given. His name was, can you remember? Barnabas. Barnabas' name actually said, Stand of, the, the son of encouragement. And we all know that the name of Barnabas means of encouragement to us today. This means the instance that encouragement in Acts 4 
he sold a field and he took all the money that he got from it and he brought the money to the apostles so that they could take care of the needy Christians in Jerusalem. In Acts 9, we see Barnabas again. When Paul comes to the Christians, Paul comes to, the, to Christ and t- tries to join the church in Jerusalem. The church refuses Paul because he was a persecutor of Christians. Because they did not believe he was true to the heart. Who was the person that came to his and took up for him and spoke about him and told him how he was working hard as a disciple and about that time Paul came in and he finished it and told him then in Acts 15 Mark had left Paul and Barnabas during their first preaching trip and who who wanted to give Mark a second chance to come Once again, it was Barnabas that spoke highly of him. We need this kind of encouragement, not just in our church, but in our family, in our workplace. We need to remember how important that is too. This is exactly what God wants us to do. He called on us to have encouragement to one another. God calls us to encourage one another, therefore encouragement, encourage one another and build one another up. Just as I, as you are doing. First Thessalonians 5.11. Again, we need this kind of encouragement. We need to be careful about what we say. Think about the people that have the gift of discouragement. We all know somebody in our life that never has anything good to say about anything or anybody. And it, it's a drag when you talk to them because you walk away and you feel like everything is falling apart. Sometimes I feel like that when we listen to the news. That I feel like that all we get is the bad news. We don't get the good news. How easy it is to be discouraged. That that the way a person talks. And everything is a complaint. Everything is discouragement. It's the Igor syndrome. Igor, what did he say? Nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares. No, we all read that to our grandchildren or our children at some point in time in our life he doesn't want us to have that attitude he wants us to have the attitude to develop that in the church develop in our everyday lives in our families in our in our school work at work he wants us to be encouraging god says we need to encourage one another and build one another up do we do that do we think about it sometimes i think it's It's something that's not in the forefront of our life, is encouragement. Not only should we consider the example of Barnabas, but we should also take a moment to reflect the examples that Jesus gave us. One of the major ones that you can see, that I can see, that I never heard anything in the Bible that was discouraging coming from Christ. Jesus never had anything to say discouraging. Always came out with a positive face. And when he met with a Samaritan woman at the well... What did he say? They were going to stone her. They talked about all the things that she had done. And what was Jesus' response to that? Neither do I commend you. Neither do I condemn you. You go and from now on sin no more. John eight eleven. He could have said a lot of things about her. 
He could have reminded her what kind of a person she was. He didn't do that. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, sin no more. That should be one of the things that we learn in our life, that we need to be forgiving and recognize that people need encouragement. They need encouragement in their spiritual life, but they also need it in their faith and the belief of what they have. We need to continue to encourage people by preaching the word and talking to them about it in a way that they can understand and that it's not confusing. They need to be able to answer questions without being concerned about what somebody might think. We need to be able to understand that Jesus wanted us to learn to encourage others. Jesus, in in the wonderful words that he said to this lady at the well, also he had the same kind of experience when Jesus met with the the woman who was uh, caught in adultery and, and that was the leaders were ready to stone and he just he didn't discourage her what wonderful words he said was neither i do i condemn you or go but from now on no sin he also said your faithful your faith has saved you go in peace that was important that's important that we know that we can be saved we just have to reconcile our lives we have an opportunity to do that Every Sunday, as we take communion, we're recognizing that God died, or God, Christ died to forgive our sins. And we have to realize that that happens to us. Some of the other things that are important to us, I want you to think about more encouragement in our lives and less of a stick. My dad used to say, son, don't be, don't have a stick in your, in, at you and poke at a bear, because you're not going to like the results. And, and I, I see that same story here. If we come out with a stick in our hand and we're picking on somebody, we can't expect good response out of that. We have to find out about those people. And how do we do that? We have to be with people. We have to be together. We have to know who our family in this church is. We need to not just socialize, but we need to learn where their weaknesses and their strengths are and how we can be an encouragement to them. Very important to us to do that. We should have less sticks in our hand and more concern about how they feel rather than how we feel. Try to understand that as we go. One of the other things that we have is the rebuking. And, you know, this is something that that it's been around a long, long time. It, it, we've done it. But there, there needs to be less of that and more of encouragement. But I want you to think about rebuking things, how we say something to somebody. There's ways to get your thought across without being harsh. Think about what you say and how you say it. My mom used to tell me, son, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And I, and I put that in this particular context because there's a lot of times we can take people and talk to them in a negative way or in a positive way in a negative tone. <laughs> you think about that. How many times has that happened to you in your life? Where you walked out and you said, did, did he say what I thought he said? Was it different than what I thought he said? The Bible tells us about that. 
as they were, uh, as, as a need to rebuke, there is a need to rebuke, but this is not the only thing that we need. It's not the only tool that God gave us. We need to start with encouragement. In fact, we need to listen to what Paul taught Timothy in his first letter to him. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as your brothers, older women as your mother, younger women as your sister in all purity. 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. You see what Paul said? Encourage older men like you would your father. Did you encourage your father or did your father encourage you? There's a lot of folks that their fathers didn't encourage them. That's something that we do as Christians. We need to treat somebody all the same. We shouldn't have those kinds of things where we don't do it right. Encourage younger women like you would your sister. We need encouragement every day. We need to be the people who come along a person and do not whip them, not punch them with a stick, but we encourage them. I can't find one passage in the New Testament where it says, we need to all come together and rebuke each one of us. Not one word about that. What does that mean? It means that we need to be encouraging more. Because I know it happens. We don't mean for it to, but it happens. We have a passage that tells us to come together and, and encourage each other regularly. So how can we encourage each other? And what should we encourage each other in? Turn to Hebrews 10, 20, 24. Encouraging one another has got lots of meanings to it. And this scripture is one that something is taking out of context. And I want to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that we open for all of through the curtain, that is, through this flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to him a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil consciences of our bodies, washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast confessions to our hope without wavering. For he who promised to be faithful and send us consider how, now, how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as a habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you can see the day dawning nearby. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We've unfortunately taken some of this out of context when he talks about people who didn't come to church. One of the biggest things that I've seen in the church in, in my 40-something years is that that's probably one of our largest issues that we have about rebuking people who don't come rather than encouraging them to come. Giving them a place they want to be, not a place that they don't want to be. And I don't, I don't mean that negative to this congregation in, in, in particular. I'm just saying in general, that's one of the things we can do. We can, we can preach at people, we can talk to people, and we can ask them why they don't come and then argue with them about why they need to be here and why they don't need to be here. But they need to be here because they want to be here. Not because I want them here. I do want them here. But that's not the reason they should come. They should come because they feel that they need it. And that they get something from it. 
that they get the enjoyment of being around their Christian friends and loved ones. There's nothing more encouraging than to yell at somebody about something that they really want to do, but they can't. There's lots of reasons, and we hear that as we talk. I'm very encouraged. I I never hear anybody say, I'm I'm really encouraged when somebody calls me on the phones and say, how come you haven't been at church? What it should be is, we really missed you. We missed you in class. You have a beautiful voice, and I miss it. I can hear you when you sing. Those are the kind of things that we can say that mean a lot more than asking them why they weren't there. Is there something that we can do in your family? Can you help? Do you know them well enough to understand there may be a reason? Those are the kind of things that we need to look at as we talk to people. Notice the things that we need to be encouraging to when we come together. First, we have to have a great priest over the house of God. That person is Jesus. We need to encourage to draw nearer to God and full assurance of his faith. We need to encourage in the faith, and we need to be consistent with his message. Consistent as Christians, we need to be consistent with everyone that we visit with in church. From the pulpit, from the classroom, we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent with our children as we teach them. They need to understand what being a Christian means. So they're not surprised when the time comes. It's important that we do that. That's an encouragement. So they know the responsibilities they have. When they had preached the gospel to that city, and this is we're talking about uh, the, uh, the Paul once again as he was going throughout uh, the churches and talking to them. When they had preached the Gospels to that city and had made their disciples, they returned to Lithuania and Antioch and strengthened the souls to their principles, encouraging them to come to the faith and staying through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Acts 14, 20, We're not guaranteed that we're not going to have tribulations, folks. We're going to have them. And we don't know when they're going to come. And we don't know what the solutions are in advance. We just know they're coming. And I think that's one of the things that Christians sometimes don't speak about enough. The key is, is when it comes, you have a family to help you. You have someone that can work with you, someone that will pray for you, someone that will be with you, someone that will take care of you. That's what we need. We need to be a family that way. Paul and, and, and Barnabas went around the churches and they had established the strength and the soul of everyone on their mind when they did that, encouraging them to continue in the faith. Have you thought about how difficult it would have been in that time to encourage people who were very, very marginal from the standpoint of knowledge? They were learning and they had to wait for weeks or months or years before they got any instruction that they had somebody that came through that could help them have you thought about that how it would be in that Christian we have it easy we have streaming we have, we have the Bible and lots of different languages all those kind of things so it's not unimportant it's important that we have those things that we talk Paul wrote to the Romans and told them that he longed to be with them so they could be mutually encouraging each other in the faith. Romans one twelve. 
He looked forward to it. That's what I need to do. I look forward to coming to church. I look forward to being here with Christian friends. And I enjoy the relationships that I have. Encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine, Romans eleven twelve. We need to be encouraged by the faith. We need to be encouraged as Christians. And we know that we're going to have tribulations in our life. And we must enter the kingdom of God to get there. That's what's going to happen. Paul and Bartimus went around to the churches they had just established to strengthen the souls. Encouraging and continuing in the faith. Christians, we know that we have to do that. Paul desired the encouragement. Paul desired to be encouraged, to be an encourager, and to be with those who are not being encouraged and trying to teach. He longed to see the spiritual gift to grow in each and every one of the persons that he met. The writer of Hebrews says, when we need to fold fast to the confessions of our hope without wavering, Hebrews 10.23, we need to grow in hope. We need to encourage each other in the hope we have. In fact, we need the desire to do that for us as a church that encourages our hope of our eternity. The hope is what we have. That's what non-Christians don't have. They don't have the hope. There's no hope for them at all. We can encourage each other by reminding us that we have the hope. We need to consider how to stir up one another to love and good work. Consider. We need to consider how to stir up. We need to think about it. We need to put time and effort and energy into that thoughtful enough to being able to stir up the spirit in our church members. We need to do that. It's our responsibility. It's not the elder's responsibility. It's not the preacher's responsibility. It's my responsibility and your responsibility to do that. To inspire people to want hope and faith and love to good works. If we look at coming to church as a requirement, a duty or something that has been done, has to be done, we are missing out on the joy of what we're doing here together. We're together to encourage each other And I ask you in the very beginning of this, is there anyone in this room that likes to be discouraged? There's not anyone. I can answer that question for everybody here. Nobody likes that feeling. If you need encouragement, if you need the encouragement of this congregation, how do you get it? You encourage others. You can be the one that reaches out and touches somebody's heart and helps them in a way that they can be. And it could be as simple as a conversation simple as a conversation sometimes it happens through social events but sometimes you need to get on one on one with people there are people who won't who won't come alive in a social environment when you're at church they need to be in your home or out to lunch with them or in a in an environment that's not um they're not pressured um for me it was camp that's where i met most of the people that are the ones that I'm the closest to, I've met at camp. And I spent time working with them. And I can tell you, I learned more about that person, or those persons, in the last 25 years when I worked there on a regular basis, 
than I ever did in this building. Why? Because I saw their work ethic. I saw they knew what they enjoyed doing. I know where they came from. It just made a big difference in the way I could have a conversation with them. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need to think about that as in, our, in our lives. Paul gave this particular scripture in Thessalonians. He, he is encouraging it. He said, therefore, one another, therefore, and encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing now. We need each, us to think about that. We need to think about how can we be more... It's not, it's not something that one person can do. It's got to be a change in the way that we do things in our mind. And I don't think it's one of the things that's in, in our foremind. I don't think it's something that we do on purpose. I think it's something we just have to do in our life, that we have to have attitude that way. Encouragement comes from the heart. And if you need the prayers of the church or if the church can do something to help you, to encourage you, um, please plan on looking in your life and saying, how can I be the one that reaches out to help? Some people just can't do that. But there's always a place for somebody in the church. There's always a place for somebody in the church. You just have to find out what that is and what really makes them work. Sometimes they don't feel competent in doing things. Sometimes they don't know what they need to do. Sometimes they want to do things they can't do. We need to guide and direct. If you need the, if you need the prayers of this church, if you need to come and be baptized because you're touched by the Lord and you know what you're doing and I think that's one of the things that we can do as we stand and sing our invitation please come with a song